When we listen to the radio, we never agree on the station. Classic rock. Hip-hop. Pop. Guys, quiet. The one thing we do agree on, we all want an awesome free phone. That's why we switched to MetroPCS. Stop by MetroPCS with the whole family and get four free phones of your choice from brands you love, like Samsung, Motorola, and LG when you switch. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Free phone requires port. Excludes numbers on the T-Bowman network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Blog Talk Radio. doing 
you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, and set some goals for yourself. Set some goals that you that you can use to develop yourself greater physically, whether that be through exercise or diet or whatever the case may be, through mentally, through reading. You know, the Internet is a great thing, but what the Internet has done is it, it has become so informational that we don't read books that are associated with topics that we are interested in. When we have questions, what happens is is we end up going to the Internet rather than reading an entire book on the topic. The, uh, so read more. Shut the TV off. Forty, the, the the number I think is most families watch TV forty hours a week. That's like eight hours a day almost. If you just take the five days, that's a lot of time. Reading is far better. Strengthen your mind emotionally. If you're having difficulty with people in your life, make things right between either you and your spouse, you and your children, you and a coworker. And we're going to talk about a little bit of that uh, as we move forward. Uh, make things right. Make things so that you can stand in the presence of another person and realize that they don't have anything against you, if in fact they do. It's so important. Relationships run this world. And the, the greater the relationships that we have with people that we love, the, the, the easier our life is. And if you've got a problem with uh, in a relationship with someone who you truly love, make sure that you do everything you can to always try and straighten it out. Don't let it hang there, and don't wait for them to do it. They may never do it. And then the other area is that spiritual dimension, which is very private to most people. Whatever it is, however you want to develop yourself spiritually through, either through God or through meditation, and that and that God is the God that you know it. But, you know, faith is placing a belief in something that is unseen. And faith is a very important piece of my life. And I and I do believe that I have a strong faith. I am an eternal optimist, but I know that I do lean on God in my life to try and help me get through very difficult times sometimes. Because if you don't think that I'm struggling as much as you are financially, you're wrong. You don't think that I struggle in these four areas that I just spoke about. You're wrong. But the one area, the spiritual piece, I do take a great deal of uh, comfort in. Because when things are tough, I know that for some reason I can feel God just, just standing right with me through the difficult times. To so develop yourself spiritually, however that is. And for some people, it may be going to a yoga class, meditating, you know, uh, looking at nature, maybe taking pictures, whatever the case may be, develop that end, and, and you'll find that you'll have greater comfort as we move into the new year. Today, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, this whole area of adult bullying, uh, which is something that uh, has, um, uh, I, I don't know, it, it kind of gets kicked under the rug. And, and I'm not even sure that uh, folks uh, really realize uh, how they bully or uh, how they become bullies, or even if they, they believe they are bullying. Um, they they may believe that uh, the relationships that they have with their children, they're just strong disciplinarians, or maybe a relationship that they have with their uh, spouse, they may believe that they're just... Um, you know, uh, you know that's their personality. You know, and they are they're a little bit tougher, and they have to have things their way, and their way is the only way. And 
and so on. But people can be bullies as adults. And they usually get that way, and I've shared this in many other shows, because they were victims when they were children and they became bullies when they got older. So kids who were picked on and maybe were raised in an environment that that, um, wasn't very supportive, was very, very... um, um, uh, where the, uh, the the parents were very tough in terms of discipline, okay, and maybe dad was, you know, just someone or mom was just someone who either when when they got upset, maybe they didn't talk to the kid. Maybe they always made the kid feel like they were doing something wrong. Maybe they always believed that that um, uh, the kid should meet their needs. You know, there's a lot of dysfunction out there. You know, and and parents can look at their children sometimes and believe that their children are supposed to take care of them. And I'm not talking about when you know when kids you know get into their 30s and 40s and they're looking after mom and dad. I'm talking about when they're kids, because the 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 parents' needs were never met when they were children, and they end up having children themselves, and they believe that kids should look after them. Well, in reality, that's that that's a very very dis functional environment for a youngster to grow up in. And if he feels picked on and belittled and so on in that environment and is meant to uh, um, feel guilt because of what he can't do, okay, that that guilt and that anger can translate into the development of an adult bully. Now, most people, most people don't even realize that they might be doing it, that they might be doing it. And things like rumors, gossip, talking about people, and I'm not talking about talking about situations, um, you know, amongst yourselves and in the family. Like you could have discussions about politics in your family, about religion in your family, you might you might within the framework of the family you may be discussing a neighbor or a situation or a friend or whatever the case may be that's not something that I'm I'm really talking about because that stuff happens you know over bologna sandwiches and Kool-Aid every night when people are sitting down and having dinner stuff like that happens I don't know if people feel good when they're talking about somebody, but it seems like the discussion about another person always seems to, it's almost like it takes the focus off of you and you say, oh, well, look at him. He's worse than I am. And look at this. He's worse than I am. And they did this, and he's worse than me, you know, and so on. So sometimes we point the finger at others to make ourselves feel good. That old expression, when you point one finger out, there's, there's three fingers pointing back. Now, Let's talk about a contained environment, a contained environment where you're on a job and you're working on a job. And I'm going to use the example of a school because that is the most contained environment that you're ever going to get. Those people in a school, those teachers in a school, are together six to seven hours a day. They may run activities together. They may uh, eat lunch together. They may share the same kids. 
they uh they may be um friends outside of school they may hang out together they may go for a drink together after school so the folks that are in that school are a small community amongst themselves they're they're a small community of people uh and they are involved you know with conversation all the time and i'm going to give you two prime examples that i have I have seen over the years of what I believe is bullying. And some people don't look at it this way because when they deal with it, they try to deal with it in just very professional terms, very professional terms, thinking that they're helping. And in reality, they're not helping. They're not helping at all. So what we want to do So what we what we want to do is we want to take a look at a, a movement that has been um, in place for I'm going to say 20 years, and we're going to talk about something that's called the inclusion movement. Now the inclusion movement um, came about um, because they 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 wanted to make sure that, and I'm not going to get into the history of it, but they wanted to make sure that whether a kid was a um, regular ed kid or a special ed kid, okay, they all had the opportunity to get educated in the same classroom. Well, special education children have an IEP, and they need to have uh, their goals and objectives met academically. They're placed in a regular class. The uh, regular elementary or secondary teacher doesn't have the capacity to deal with the, the kids' needs and any cognitive impairments that they may have. So they have to send in a special education teacher to work in that classroom. So right there you have a situation where you have two adults in the same room, two adults in the same room, who who basically share a lesson or divide up the kids in some one one teacher who special ed may work with the kids who are a little who have more difficulty and another teacher may work with kids that don't and sometimes one teacher will share uh just teach math or social studies or or English teach one subject because that's their that's their strength now that doesn't mean that those two teachers who were put together okay get along doesn't mean that they get along it means that they share space with one another in that classroom. And they may not get along. They may not like each other. And as an example, I'm one of the teachers. I'm up at the chalkboard, and I'm doing a math lesson, and it's 2 plus 2 equals 5. And my uh, colleague in the room says, wait a minute, Mr. Burns, 2 plus 2 equals 4. You got that wrong and makes a, a comment and corrects me in front of the group and maybe even gets a chuckle out of the group. And I erase the board and I put in, you know, the the, the new, the, new the, the five, and I correct the answer. Now, that bothered me. That really bothered me. That, that 
my colleague did that to me. Man, woman, doesn't matter. I may use he here or him here just for argument's sake. Doesn't mean it couldn't mean a woman. So I'm now stewing with that information that I was corrected in front of a group. I'm stewing with this information. So I, you know, don't say anything to my colleague because I don't want to create a problem between him and I or her and I. So I'm sitting on this information. I leave the classroom to go down to the lunchroom, and I run across another friend of mine. We'll call him Joe. And I stop Joe in the hall. Let's just say my cooperating colleague that I had in the room's name was Bob. And I go to Joe. I go, Joe, I am fed up with what Bob is doing in that classroom with me. I can't take it anymore. He corrected me in front of the group. You know, this is the third time that he did it. I am just so tired of it. You know, you don't know. You know, and it really is something. But do me a favor. Don't say anything to anybody. I'm only telling you. But in reality, I've already told three other people before I got to them. Now, I have placed in Bob's mind, I have placed in Joe's mind, you know, information that could anger anyone. And Joe's angry at Bob now, and Bob didn't even do anything to Joe. I am in the process of sharing information that made me angry, and I'm not even sharing it with the object of my anger. I'm sharing it with another person. Now, Joe gets this information. Of course, he doesn't follow my lead. Okay, And what he does is he ends up telling another teacher and another teacher. And before you know it, I, there's three or four teachers that are upset with Bob in my classroom, and Bob doesn't even know about it. And oftentimes we can become passive-aggressive in terms of, of dealing with, you know, our colleagues. So what's passive-aggressive? We don't talk to them. We ignore them. We don't... We don't um, we don't have conversation with them. We don't even say hello to them. And they don't even know what's going on. So what starts to happen is this whole thing begins to swell. And there used to be a feeling that, you know what, the morale is low in a school. Well, the morale's not low. What's actually low is trust. That's what's low in the school. Because I don't know when someone's going to knife me. I don't know when someone's going to give me a hard time. And and so I don't talk to anybody. And you have teachers in schools today that are that are basically, they alienate themselves because they don't like what's going on. They eat lunch in their classroom. They don't even want to go to the faculty room. That's adult bullying. We are finding a way to bully each other in the school. The bottom line is, Okay, we can we if we continue to do this, we we will be in 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 the process of intimidating and harassing another person because we create discomfort 
we create an imbalance of power between ourselves and another human being. And sometimes they're wondering why, and sometimes they're wondering, why, you know, what's going on. Sometimes they might be aware of it. Sometimes they may not be aware of it. That's a very scary thing. When someone is using passive aggression to intimidate you or harass you. And I've seen this in schools where you have a new administrator take over and you have several tenured teachers in the school who really you can't do anything with based on performance and they intimidate this administrator they intimidate him they they, they uh give him a hard time at faculty meetings they give him a, a hard time when they're given their uh, um, assignments. They're given, they give him a hard time when they have duty periods. And if the person isn't strong enough, if the administrator isn't strong enough, he can become to, he can become feeling bullied by some of the teachers that are in the school. That's adult bullying. That goes on. All the time, all and I've seen it. I'm I'm working in schools right now where I've seen it, where there is this intimidating feeling that people have, okay, because of the the mouth of another person. Confrontations are not easy, and nobody wants to feel belittled or harassed or intimidated. My name is Jim Burns. Right now you are listening to Blog Talk Radio, and you are in Teacher Talk. The number to call in, 646-595-4965. Again, that number is 646-595-4965. I welcome your calls. I encourage you to place the show in your favorites, and do me a favor, rate the show, because I'm really interested in your feedback. And if you know somebody that might enjoy the show, tell them to check out the archives in Blog Talk Radio in the category Teacher Talk. Now, administrators in a school have to make decisions that involve teachers, students, parents, board members, sometimes even the community. Now that's that's five people it's five people, you know, five different things. Teachers, parents, students, board members, the community. Five different things. Do you honestly believe that they can please everybody in terms of making those decisions? Of course they can't. Of course they can't. So they have to make a decision, and and they have to weigh everything in the mix, and they have to make a decision that's absolutely the best decision for the school. And if if that means that, um, you know, I have to suspend a kid based upon his actions and I have a parent who is not very interested in the fact that I'm suspending their kid, okay, and they come in and they, and they try to use fear and intimidation to try and get me to change my decision, 
I have to have the personality to stand strong, to stick by my decision, and not change it. But if you if you take a look at some of the articles that I have posted, you know, and you can go to Facebook dot com uh, under the category James H Burns and Bullyproof Assurance, you'll find an article there that says parents can be bullies too. Why are parents bullies? Why do they bully teachers and administrators and so on? Because they are being bullied at home by their own kid. And they may have been victimized when they were younger. And now they're being bullied by their child. And then their 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 intimidation turns to fear. They don't want to have to confront their child. They go to school and they end up bullying the the administration or teachers in the school. That is adult bullying. That is something that goes on. These are these are folks who practice adult bullying who are never corrected as children. This is why I've spoken about how important it is to correct a bully, to make them understand that the consequences um, that they, that will be imposed on them for their bullying behavior Okay, are are absolutely things that we are hoping will stop him and make him more aware of of what he's doing. Children left uncorrected, okay, will become adult bullies if in fact bullying is part of their personality. Youth conflict will lead to adult conflict if it's not dealt with. You have difficulty with as a young child with your with your with your parents and you leave home in rebellion when you're a, a child, when you're seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old, and you've got a problem with mom and dad. You have left home physically, but you never left home emotionally. And you carry the weight of that guilt and that anger with you. And the same guilt, the same guilt, the same anger that you have, okay, you take out that anger on other people. You don't even deal with the, with the the object of your anger, which may have been your parents. And believe it or not, we have a lot of we have a lot of adults like that. We have tons of adults like that who never resolved issues that they've had with their parents. And it is and it has placed them in a position where they take out they exact that anger on other people. Do you see the importance of working and trying to correct someone who's involved with bullying behavior? And by the way, bullying is just what we're calling it. It's just what we're calling it. We call it, you know, bullying because that's the word. In reality, it is just a relationship problem that you're having with someone that you can't that and you're too intimidated to confront you're 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 too worried about somebody's reaction you have difficulty because you are uh fearful and if you ever have the opportunity to confront somebody 
you, you need to and have the discussion and lay things out on the table. It really goes back to people not understanding their boundaries. And it goes back to that dimension that I spoke about earlier, which is the social and emotional dimension. If you've got problems with people, you need to t- talk them out. It, and, and why do you think people, when you run into them, always start talking about other things and other people? Because they haven't yet gotten to the point where they are confronting and speaking to other people, uh, the, the people that have injured them as, as maybe as children or young adults. They walk around in fear of everybody. They don't walk around in fear, though, of people that they can bully. So they'll always find someone that they can bully, the weaker link who they can exact their anger on. Because they don't have they don't have the nuts, the strength to be able to confront the person who's given them a hard time. And and understand something. If a teacher is confronted in a school by a parent of a bully and they are intimidated by this parent and the situation that they were involved in involved in was left unresolved and they felt picked on and belittled by a parent, the bully in that classroom will have greater clout. But the scarier part is the teacher's anger will be exacted on the rest of the class. So the teacher then begins to bully in their own way the weaker members of the classroom. This is not something that, uh, you know, it was pie in the sky, I pulled out of nowhere. I've observed this. I've observed it. I've seen it happen. I've had to, as much training as I've had as an administrator, as much training as I've had, you know, in terms of working with parents, you know, and uh, working with teachers, I've had to overcome the fear of dealing with parents who come in screaming and hollering, threatening and intimidating. And if you just spend the time listening and can overcome the fear of being yelled at, as a teacher, you will become successful in in dealing with that intimidating parent. Now, don't you find it to be true that the things that you worry about the most... Let's just say, you know, you're a teacher and and someone slips a note into your mailbox that says Mrs. Mrs. Uh, um, Brown wants to see you tomorrow morning. And you look at the note and you go home and you know who Mrs. Brown is. You know what a pain in the neck she is. You know the difficulty that she has caused for you. You know how intimidating she can be. So what happens? What happens? Yeah, you lose sleep that night. 
brown. And you go through the process of having this meeting with her. And what you discover is this. It wasn't as bad as you thought it was going to be. Isn't that true? The hardest things that we have to deal with, we think about them for so long. We think about this confrontation for so long that it becomes a monster in our head. And we go into a meeting defensive. We go in there in fear. And it never turns out to be as bad as we thought it was going to be. Very, very, very true. The only thing we have to fear and we have to overcome when we're dealing with bullying parents is the fear of being yelled at. And that also comes from our childhood. Uh, if we haven't, if we had parents who didn't discipline too good but were nothing but a bunch of screaming memes in the home and used their anger as a means of intimidating and creating fear in us as we grow older if that gets left un if that gets left unresolved we will not confront very well when we become adults because we'll always be afraid of uh of being yelled at you have to overcome that fear you have to overcome it i've always said a barking dog never bites and that's true a barking dog will not bite you. Let them scream, holler, carry on, do what they have to do. Don't fear this roaring lion because that's all they're going to do. That's all they can do. They're going to use that to try and get their way with you because of a decision you made about their children, you know, their child, you know, or some situation or a grading practice or whatever it may be understand that very important don't over work to overcome that fear work to overcome it don't put yourself in a position of defensiveness why do dogs bite because they're more afraid of you if they're barking all the time, they got a very hard time of sinking their teeth into you, though, because their mouth is always moving. My name is Jim Burns. You are listening to Blog Talk Radio in Teacher Talk. Number to call in, 646-595-4965. Again, that number, 646-595-4965. I welcome your calls. Place the show in your favorites and rate the show. That's real important to me. And if you know anybody that might like the show, Tell them to check out the archives on Blog Talk Radio in the category Teacher Talk. Now, administrators are kind of in a school are kind of people who kind of sit in their office and appear at faculty meetings, and maybe they're out in the hall occasionally, but they're involved with paperwork and decision making and, and, and a bunch of different things. Often, they're not even aware that someone's talking about them. They're not even aware of it. They hear about it through the grapevine. They, you know, probably feel bad that people are talking about them. But the, the fact of the matter is, you if, if you've got a problem with your school administrator, do yourself a favor and go down and talk to him about it or her about it. 
don't don't spread rumors all over the cafeteria, all over the faculty room, all over the all over the school about the administration. It doesn't do you any good. And I will tell you something. If you are a non-tenured teacher and associate with people who are spreading rumors and are involved with gossip, who've been in the school for a long time, and they're telling you that I want to make sure we, you know, I, I filled you in on administration, you know, and so on. And if, and if you start to take some form of of, um, of offense for those people who may have been hurt by administration years ago, and you start giving administration an attitude, nobody likes a complainer, I will tell you that, you don't have tenure, you will be fired. And that's the way it'll go. So if you're a young teacher, do yourself a favor. Shut up. Do your job. Do what you got to do. Associate with the right people. And you can read a whole lot about this stuff in my book, 100 Everyday Strategies, Helping Students and Teachers Become Their Personal Best. You need to focus on your job, teaching the kids, stay out of, you know, uh, arguments and fights that people have with either administration or with, with each other. Don't think that you are being treated special when somebody shares information with you. Because you're not. They're looking to get you to side with them as a young teacher. They're looking to develop numbers that will uh, can be used to try and say, uh, this school takes a vote, uh, has a problem with the uh, confidence uh, in uh, the uh, administration. We don't think he's doing too well. We're concerned about him. It'll always be phrased in very professional terms and make it look good, you know, and everything else. When in reality, people have their own agenda at stake and they want, they want, from each other, what they want, they, they they want to get what they want, when they want it, how they want it, and if a decision gets made that they don't like, okay, they start talking about either the board, the superintendent, the administration, and so on. All these rumors and gossip get spread all over the place, and 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 before you know it, and before you know it, you know there's a there's a problem in the school with trust. This is bullying, folks. This is bullying. We don't even realize it. We never realize some of the things that we do and the damage that they can do. We never realize it. We're ne- we never even think about it. We think we're helping when actually we're hurting. And that, and that's very much the truth. We have a new year coming up, and I want us to start practicing a few things in our in our schools and in society in general. But, you know, if you're a teacher, and this is teacher talk, I mean, I want you to start working on a few things. Number one, say hello to everybody that you meet with a smile. Try to do that. Parents are in the main office. You walk in, just say hi, how are you, give them a smile. Say hello to your colleagues each morning. 
I know. You go to work, you're tired, you're worn out. It, it doesn't cost anything to say hello with a smile. Say hello to students when you see them in the hall, whether they're in your class or not. How hard is this to do? Say hello to administration when you see them, and you and 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 just have a a chat with them occasionally. It doesn't matter how you are treated. What matters is how you treat others. Most people base their um, their friendliness, their kindness their gentleness and their affection, okay, on how they're treated. That is not the case. You can only control yourself. That's the only person you have control over. So why don't you exhibit good character, say hello, practice some kindness during the beginning, starting with the year 2011. Next thing I'd like you to try. When you hear a rumor or someone's trying to gossip to you or complain to you, try saying, why don't you go talk to the person that you have the problem with? You do not want your head filled with information that that's based on a problem that somebody else has, okay, with another person. You want your head filled with good thoughts throughout the course of the day. Go talk to them. Don't talk to me. And then lastly, don't spread rumors, gossip throughout your building. If you don't like the way something is going, don't talk about other people because your agenda is not being met. Go talk to the person that made the decision or go talk to the person that gave you the problem. If you're that teacher in that classroom who I was speaking about earlier who has a problem with their cooperating teacher, do yourself a favor. Talk to them about it and don't talk to five other people in the hall to try and to try and drum up some support for, for your complaint. No one can argue with kindness. No one's ever going to say to you, oh, you know, you were just too kind today. That's not happening. That's not happening. People will always appreciate your kindness. People will always appreciate your love. Now, this year is just about shot. I am probably going to, I'm going to be doing a show next week. You'll have to check the schedule. We're going to be moving into a new year. I'm going to have, coming up on my next show, some suggestions that for you that you can use to have a better new year some New Year's resolutions that I'd like to see everybody make. I've got to make them. i got to make them. That's all there is to it. So the bottom line here is let's see if we can really make a difference. Let's see if we can make some change. Let's see if we can help facilitate change in our schools. And let's see if we can really begin to eradicate, extinguish this problem of adult bullying which I see as being very pervasive, and it's probably not only in schools, it's probably all over in other areas of work as well. My name is Jim Burns. You've been listening to Teacher Talk. I want to wish everyone out there a very Merry Christmas. 
I'm going to be speaking with you before the uh, before the new year. Please enjoy. Please enjoy uh, uh, your your holiday. You got a few days left before you can do any shopping. I've got to go do it myself. Okay. You all take care. Maybe we'll pray for a white Christmas. That would be nice. Enjoy your day, everybody. It's been my pleasure speaking with all of you. come from uh well uh honey mommy went to the store oh well you see um well there's a mommy and a daddy right right and see when they call geico uh they could save a bunch of money on car insurance oh really and that makes them happy yes that makes them very happy that's good yeah well i'm glad we could have this talk sunshine <laughs> geico because saving 15 percent or more on car insurance is always a great answer this holiday, switch to Cricket Wireless and get a free 4G LTE smartphone with no annual contract. Cricket Wireless, something to smile about. Requires number 40 and service activation minimum $30 per month. Applies to ZTE overture 3. First month service charge and in store activation fee up to $25 due with sale. Tax restrictions apply. One time fees may apply. See store for details.